Hey, 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 moms and teens, it's Dr. Nikki here, and we are on Never Have I Ever, season two, episode two and three. Oh my God, pull up a piece of couch, make your favorite snack, watch those two episodes, and then listen to this podcast and have the best conversation and communication than you ever thought possible. All right, love you guys. Hello, everyone. Here we are, never have I ever, and we've made it to season two. So you're here with Nikki and Angie, and if you're tuning in, we are here to support you having these conversations with your teenagers that matter, some conversations of substance and different than how was your day today? What did you do after gym class? The kind of basic discussion. We're getting into the emotional intelligence, questioning who you want to be in your life. So let's talk about the things that matter. And it's easy to talk about because we're using Never Have I Ever, this fun TV show, as the basis for discussing characters and relationships And it's a lot easier to talk about this than it is to talk about yourself, but you can apply these lessons to yourself and just create those fun bonding moments with your teenagers. So Nikki, here we are season two, Davies kind of starting to process that her father has passed away and she finds herself in this really unexpected for her situation that now she has kind of two people that she cares about love interests relationships in her life what do you think right she absolutely did not believe that she would ever be in that situation and with two guys that she likes she likes both of them and they challenge her in very different ways and I was thinking about that can one person satisfy all of what it is that we want in a in a partner in a person do we get to have two people or not she definitely was trying to have both because there were things about both of them that she liked and I think she was also pretty excited that she could have the possibility of having both of them but she wasn't honest with both of them. And I think that that's, that's what was different about that is that maybe, maybe if you, if the decision is to have a monogamous relationship, then you can continue to have one monogamous relationship and not necessarily be cheating on somebody. I, maybe we went a little, I went a little deeper than I expected to go, Angie, but, but I, I think it's pretty exciting that she, she is so happy that she has a boyfriend which was on her checklist for a fantastic year but now there are two yeah I mean it's it's really interesting to watch because we know Davy as not being a really she's not like a heartless manipulative character she's just trying her best to get what she wants in life and kind of she's you know doing funny things where she lies a little bit or she tries to scheme around something but it's not in like an evil or malicious way and now we see her with these two boys who really it's kind of their heart on the line we've seen these guys develop from surface jerk characters to 
people who are realizing that they care about her and that Davy impacts her their life and they want to be around her and want to be close to her and so it you can feel that it's sort of mean and pretty selfish and immature of Davy to handle it this way well I want both of them and I'll be on a plane to India soon so we'll just make it work and it's going to be awesome like a movie and throw a big party so I think it's it's fun to watch and once again like the feelings are a little deeper than they make it out to be on the show so it's well, but, but John McEnroe said it he he she had two choices to be honest to pick one to do something else probably more than two choices I mean when you think about it we generally have more than two choices just sometimes our limitations make us feel like we don't have very much choice at all but John McEnroe said well you know this decision required no introspection or mature decision making on Davy's part so of course that's the one she took because she yes. didn't really want to go deeper at all and I was like oh that's the perfect line because no no, Davy has shown us time and time again that actually she would prefer to make the easier kind of non-introspective and non-mature decision so that right. she doesn't have to look at something so so deeply and for so long. Yeah, so I think the fun question to look at here in our own lives is like who have you made a really immature, selfish decision at some point or has there been a point where you kind of knew what maybe the better answer would be and you picked a different answer and then tried to convince yourself in a way like well the reason that it works is because of this and that and so I think it, it it'll be better for everyone if we do it this way and have you ever experienced that or had to deal with that in a way so I think it's fun to look at and talk about it and then I love the pros and cons list I just have to say that the way Davy did it as making a decision here they have the pros and cons list with such silly you know like points on it that one of the points for that's a con about Paxton is Trent is a loser of a friend. Um, and really we see Paxton, 90% of his value as perceived by Fabiola and by Eleanor, the friends, is just, he's good looking. He's hot. He's more than good looking. Great? He's hot. Like he's the one that everyone wants. And he's the one that brings your value and your status up high. When right. Fabiola went through that, that list about why it would be easy for Davy, she did like research why it would be easy for Davy to actually get away with dating two guys is because basically Davy is invisible. Like nobody is watching her. Nobody's looking at her. Nobody's looking at Ben. Nobody's looking at Ben and Davy together. And everyone is looking at Paxton. But when she's with Paxton, nobody seems to be looking. So she is completely invisible and she was totally hurt by that. But Fabiola, who's got the scientific research brain, was just giving her information. So right. it's just really interesting to see that and hear her talk about why she could get away with it. But I think the reason why they were so excited is because that's how they would want to somehow be perceived themselves, or at least 
they think they might want to be perceived that way, which is dating the hottest person in school or like, mm-hmm. you know, she's, she's, she's come to roost. Like, like all the goodness has come back now and she is reaping the benefits of it. Right. And we see the backstory of her since third grade, Paxton has kind of been her dream. So it's like, she's not even really noticing so much exactly who Paxton is right now today and who Ben is right now today. It's the idea of Paxton, him being this cool, amazing, unattainable, like God level status of high school. Uh, So the pros and cons list. And then I just, I like the way, you know, she's sort of accepting her mom's idea that they will move to India, which usually she met with complete resistance, of course, at first. And then now she's seeing her mom's side of things. We see her not wanting to go to India, but a little bit more accepting. I don't know if she's seeing her mom's side of it. I think that really she said something about she felt close to her mom for the first time, even while her mom was being herself and she didn't want to ruin that. So I think this idea about her mom going back to India, she was just kind of going with. But the other thing is that Davy probably knew that what she was doing in terms of two-timing these guys was wrong. And she probably couldn't keep that up for an extended period of time. So there was a natural end to when she would have to either break up with them or just leave without anybody knowing anything. So I think that kind of helped her cause a little bit. The idea right. that she that was to- you're right. That was definitely a factor. She she might not have decided to go for it if she was gonna stay there for the next few years. Uh, she still I might mean- though. I mean mature decision making is not one of Davy's strong suits. And so she might have still done it anyway with the hopes that you know but that's why it's such a great show. Like there's always this hopefulness. It happens for a while and then it falls apart. And then you've got to deal with the fallout of making right. a not thoughtful decision. Um and I liked that when they set it up with that pros and cons list, right? The whole time you're on the edge of your seat, the pros and cons list is on a giant bulletin board. It goes in the closet. It comes out in the middle of the party. Ben and Paxton are right there. They keep staging it as if they're going to see the pros and cons list and it's going to be devastating. And then instead, Ben overhears Davy tell the other girl I'm dating Paxton I'm Paxton's girlfriend and you see Ben's heartbreak and hurt at being told this way finding out that the girl he thinks is his girlfriend is saying that she's dating someone else the girl who said she was his girlfriend he said he wanted to be exclusive he did the right thing and broke up with Shira and she Mm -hmm. was like I'm all in and she was all in when she thought Paxton was all out now Mm -hmm. this was one thing that I was thinking about because originally she didn't realize that Paxton was actually into her because he had been ignoring her after that hot steamy kiss that they shared in the car and then and and John McEnroe was kind of supporting her in the don't get your hopes up you know keep your sights low and I was thinking about that like do we not go after people that we think are out of our league and what's out of our league or not out of our league like do we need to somehow keep our hopes and sights low so that we're not hurt or that we won't get rejected or that and I, I found that really interesting that she. Yeah, I mean, that's a great 
question to ask yourself as an adult, where do you assume that you don't have enough skills or talent to do that or be part of an improv group or a stand-up comedy group or or you won't get that promotion at work? And as a teenager, where do you assume that you're not going to achieve that level? But also I noticed that Davy in Davy's case, she's like, she was taking the signals from Paxton. She had the idea, oh, this is possible. Paxton is asking me out on a date. And then when she went to his house and saw that he was hardly paying any attention to her, that he had invited his friends, she was reading the signals right. Like, oh, he doesn't, he's not putting time, energy, effort, and consideration into me or what I want or spending time with me. So that I mean, in Paxton's mind, he was because every date that he's ever been on has included his bros. And I think he felt like he was including her in the important part of his life. So in Paxton's mind, it was a date. And I think that's a really great question to ask yourselves too. Like, what do you consider a date? What's an okay date? Some people might want to be on dates with groups of friends so that they don't feel any kind of pressure to do anything and depending on how old you are, but, but, but I, I hear you. It was definitely a signal to Davy that she was, she was like in the friend group, but he was calling her like calling her little D and, you know, little buddy and whatever else. He was giving all indications that she was just a friend, but you know, Praxin is probably a little bit more immature than we give him credit for in some ways when it comes to the dating realm. I liked when the friends too, when Davey was explaining the date was playing video games with Trent and then he puked and they said, there was no rose petal trail leading to the bedroom with a <laughs> rose petals in the shape <laughs> of a heart. Yeah. And it's oh. like, what is your concept of a date? Right. So what do you think at age 15? What does a date mean? Does it mean hanging out in a group of friends? Can it mean, does it mean one-on-one time? Does it mean that you have to make out? Like, how do you define date? Clearly we're all having a different definition here. Absolutely. And not one right or wrong, but the definition has to be similar for people to understand what the signals are. So that's such a a great thing to think about when I heard of that. I was like, oh, well, maybe that was, that was a date for Paxton. It definitely wasn't a date for Davey, but Davey also had an idea about how she wanted the night to Paxton to go. And she has that in her head a lot, how she thinks things should turn out. But I really like her relationship with Ben, that he pushes her to be better, to do better, to do more. And Ben always seems to be himself, but I guess Paxton's always himself too. Like Ben is, is vulnerable and he's fearful and, you know, he's an idiot sometimes. And, you know, even (laughs) while dating Davey, yeah, you're right. No, neither of them seems to be putting on a show as much as Davy and are they are not as wrapped up in what everyone else will think. They're they're just more acting out of their own character, they're being themselves and kind of figuring it out as they go. And Davy really has this idea of what will everyone think if I do this? What will it look like if I say that? What should I wear? Um, she's much more wrapped up in that. And then what do you think about um, 
this little side story we have where Fabiola is now dating Eve, but is so confused because she has, she doesn't have a lot of background in the coral, in the, <laughs> the coral, in the queer, queer community. girl world. <laughs> Did yeah, you put the, queer and girl together, Angie? I love I, that. I, think I was quite, I was going to do queer world. Oh, I think we should definitely do that. The world, you know, the quarrel quarreled or something like that. That's really, really cute. But it is really interesting because she feels just as excluded as other people will feel in other parts of that. So she is, you know, she has defined herself in a particular way. Now she's in a completely different group and she doesn't know the rules or the societal cultural implications of it. Eleanor needs, seems to know that more, but I think anybody who dates Fabiola is going to, you know, date somebody who's into what she's into, which is science and robots and, and research and, and numbers from what I can tell. So yeah. And I like the idea that every character is just a little bit of fish out of water at this mm -hmm. point, right? Nobody has it all figured out. Even Paxton, he's kind of just figuring out, oh, maybe I, maybe that wasn't a date. Maybe David does want something more. Everyone is figuring out how, how it's going to work for them. So I just, I appreciate that about this show that we're not seeing characters that seem to have it all together, you know, I don't know, some kind of perfect ideal life. And then even in the parents, Nalani and her mom, she has the idea that once they move to India, she will have support and family. And it's just the same we have as Davy deciding once I have a boyfriend, my life will be perfect. And they have this idea that that one piece is going to change their whole life and make everything better. Oh and my God. That's such that a great little happened. backstory to get that, that insight into her family there, because you get the sense that maybe she would go back there and she would have all the support based on what she was saying. I call that a frozen need. Like there's a need for some kind of attention that's frozen in time from your early childhood. And you're always looking for it again. But the interesting part is it took Mohan's mother to actually tell her, are you going to get that from what you need? And she was always offering it, but somehow Nalani was rejecting it. And that's probably because her mother rejected it as well. You know, as uninteresting, as not, you know, forward thinking, she's kind of not the cool new age hip woman that maybe, you know, Davy's mom's mom is, or Davy's you know, her maternal grandmother is. And right. so it's really, but then eventually she realizes that this is the person who is going to support me and always has, mm -hmm. and can think about me and can think about the house that Mohan lived and loved in and wanted to be in. Like she could think, but, but, you know, her, her mom definitely couldn't. Yeah. Cannot be that person. And, and for every human on earth what are we looking for as the next thing that is going to be the thing that makes our life perfect once I get this promotion once I get into college once I have my once I'm in grad school once I have my job on Broadway whatever it is that you think is going to make your life perfect I think that just gets so many of us stuck because there's never one thing 
<laughs> it makes our whole life perfect and heals everything. Oh, it's so, so you get it. Especially if you're not enjoying the moment or the journey. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the idea, I just love that you said that is that the idea is that once you get there, then things will be okay. But once you get anywhere, you're still worried about the same things you're worried about when you begin the journey and then during the journey, and then you're worried about losing that thing or not, or not getting enough. Like there, there is, there is no, there is nothing that you will find at the end of it in some ways that you hadn't found going through it. It's so true because now we're at that point. We started season one, Davy's prayer, um, was please let me have a hot boyfriend and now here she is with two guys interested in her and one of them is Paxton it's her dream guy and we see that her life is not perfect and in fact it's kind of a disaster now because Paxton's mad at her and Ben is mad at her so that that idea that that one thing was going to be better and Nalani had the same thing. If she moved to India, there would be a lot of support. And when she realized that was not going to be there, you know, she just has to face that and try something different. So, and it might be I, better for a little while. It's like anything that you do to try to make yourself feel better and ignore other things. It might feel better for a little while, but eventually it all comes back to whatever it was initially, like it, it, everything comes back to roost, so to speak. And whatever decisions you, you make and however you're thinking about it are going to be the things that, that you eventually will, will come in contact with. So, so it might feel good for a little while, but the long-term effect is never completely positive and it's never some game. Well, I liked when Davy went back to her therapist and said, look, I'm, I'm all better now. It's all worked out. Sorry about how I treated you, but I'm healed. I'm done. And it's that idea of I've got the boyfriend, I'm moving to India, everything's great. And her therapist pokes holes in that a little bit and realizes we're not all done. You, you're kind of hurting at two people that you say you care about. So, you know, the idea that you can achieve some level of being all done. I don't know anyone on earth, right. Who has achieved that level, who has like reached some kind of calm and peace and acceptance. And there's no striving or stress or frustration. Right. I'm, I mean, I think there are different levels of it, but I think there's something about the calm acceptance of struggles and difficulty, which yes. is probably the best that you could possibly do. Because, I mean, we talk about that all the time, that you're not promised an easy life. You're not promised a life without strife or stress. The thing that makes it not unbearable is to actually figure out that that is part of life. And then how are you going to be through it or what decisions are you going to make or how are you going to show up or what are you going to act like and that's what we have the the power to decide but not whether life is going to be easy or good right yeah exactly and that is what we're here for that is what that that is what these discussions are all about so really admitting and honoring that we're all going to face challenges we're all going to face hurt and embarrassment and 
frustration and how how do we deal it with it and can we can we just be honest and feel that and feel frustrated and hurt instead of trying to escape it and run away and just how do I get rid of this feeling of hurt so that I don't have to feel that anymore which is our most of us that's our initial reaction to feeling hurt or embarrassment (laughs) how do I get rid of this feeling Um, like we've seen with Davy and her father dying which is hurt you know something that would hurt you and really bring on a lot of feelings and she just wants to avoid it and not look at those feelings and that doesn't really heal anything or help you become more successful or enjoy life more when you avoid those feelings right I I mean I think they're showing that over and over again that, you know, avoiding the feelings doesn't actually make it better, but, but people are trying and they're always talking to me, like, why would I want to feel bad? Why would I want to actually feel these feelings? And, and the truth is, is, is like deciding to not feel them doesn't mean they go away. And so they're still in there festering, creating whatever your narrative is of life. So it's not as if you're healing from it just because you're not feeling them at the moment, or at least deciding to not feel them. And then you have all the other like parts of it that you do to not feel it, that actually hurt you more. And eventually you're going to have to work on those things too, you know, whether it be anything really, even dating two guys. I think that's part of her trying to not feel anything is that she believes that that's somehow going to make her feel better. Yeah. And distract her and she won't have to feel sad. That can avoid feeling sad when she moves to India. Right. We were in the military, my husband and I, and they, they gave classes to everyone in the military because there was, um, there's a high rate of divorce. And for couples, there's a process before deployment that most, I can't remember what the percentage is, but most couples start fighting it's easier to say farewell, like see it in three months when you're angry at your spouse. So you unconsciously create some kind of fight or argument prior to deployment. And there are just these things happening that we're not really paying too much attention to, which is why it is great to talk to someone, why people have a therapist. I think everyone in the world should have someone to talk to, whether it's a life coach, coach yeah, a fantastic, trusted friend who yeah, exactly. doesn't give you advice that says you should do this and you should break up with him. Um, those people are not easy to find, but that's that's what Nikki and I are here for, <laughs> and that is Absolutely. what we need. And to do it while we're having fun. Like, I think that's the, that's where people forget. Like you can have actually these hard conversations and still not make it so serious. Like it doesn't have to be so incredibly intense. They can be light. And I really love thinking about how to have light conversations that are hard, you know, and, and generally if I can't keep it light, I sometimes think that I have to like 
work a little bit harder on what it is that I'm feeling about it before I have it. Like, like if the conversation that I'm going to have with my kids is going to be so intense and so judgmental and so whatever, I'm like, Oh, okay. What is it for me? And why do I need to have that conversation now? Cause they all feel extremely urgent and very difficult. And usually like, if I can get some perspective on it, I can stay light about it. And if I'm light about the conversations, it's so much better. Like, you know, if I'm hopping in my child's lap and be like, okay, you need to do the dishes and I, I smoochy smooch them or whatever. It definitely goes better than I'm like screaming and yelling and say, you gotta go do the damn dishes. So, so it's just, um, when you can get light about things and have fun with them, I think they go much better. That's such a good point. And it's, yeah, when it touches a nerve and there's something that's striking in us, that's what we can talk to our coach about, right? That's what we can process beforehand. Right. Why am I upset about this? How angry am I? What, you know, where is this coming from? And look at it. And that creates the awareness. Then we are feeling the feelings, we're admitting the feelings, we're recognizing them. And that creates the, the lightness. Then now I can have a conversation about it because I, I realize what's going on. So. Right. And I'm not so attached to, you know, what they're saying or how they're doing it or whatever. Like it's not right. as much about me anymore. Yeah. Right. And that's where it gets tricky, but, um, but definitely worthwhile doing, you know, to work on. And I always say like the, the quickest way to get to your early childhood crap is to have children. And so if, if your children are bringing up feelings for you at that age, then you kind of have to assume that either you had those same feelings when you were that age, you know, or people were mad at you for the same things when you were that age, because generally most of whatever's going on is probably not that intense, but definitely extremely irritating and brings up a lot of feelings. Oh, so true. Yeah. This was a good talk. I'm glad. I think so too. You know, I, I thought it was really funny at the end of the party where Trent's father's like a, some, some, how do you say sommelier? Like somebody who oh, does yeah. wine or something. And all of a sudden he's like this high class guy teaching people about blushes or rosés. I don't know. He's a wine know. expert. That's right. I, I mean, this so show is funny. fun because they bring up the unexpected. Truly. All the time. It's mm-hmm. like, I think it's a lot of, a lot of fun to do yeah. something less predictable than the campy Dawson's Creek 90210 whatever teenage show yes. yeah no I really really love it yeah this was such a great conversation so everybody have these conversations with each other and I'm we're going to put some questions in the show notes and then we're going to get a book together so that you can work on the questions you know, and not work on it together, but just have like the talking points and the jumping off points to, to see what it is that each one is thinking and feeling without all the intensity of, of, of whatever's going on with them personally or, or your relationship. And you'll get there. You'll definitely get to your own relationship that way, but it's kind of like you're getting in there in a fun, relaxed, easygoing way with your two guides, me and Angie. And we love being here with you. We do. And, and Dr. Nikki and I, we are creating a program. So if you want more of this, if you want to go deeper, if you want to ask us directly and be able to, to hop on a direct contact conversation with us and say, this is what happened in the kitchen this morning. What do I do? How would I handle that? 
reach out to us. We are here for you and here for more patients. Absolutely. I mean, this is what we love and we live for, and we're hoping, and we know that you'll end up having a beautiful relationship moving forward and then really have each other for the rest of your lives without restraint, you know, like just, just easily and relaxedly, you know, more joyous and able to handle difficult situations without going down a rabbit hole. (laughs) Anything else, Angie? No, that sounds good. See See you next week. Bye everybody. Swinging on a swing I just turned five And I can do anything You're just my size And I like your smile Could you be my friend? Let's swing for a while Come swing with me Sky